St. Paul instructs St. Timothy, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Upper Room Media presents this Teen Matters talk, praying that it will firmly establish these virtues in the future of our church. Son, Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I love this Mass so much. I wish I could be here every week. Um, anyway, the, the Gospel this morning um, is so beautiful. And it gives us a clue um, into a really important principle. You know, St. Paul talks to us about having the mind of Christ. He wants us to have the mind of Christ. To see things as he sees them. And today we get an insight into the mind of Christ in relation to sinners. And so what we need to do is think together. How do I look at sinners and how does Christ look at them? And can we match those up? Because we need to be not just hearers of the word, but doers. We just pray together in the listening of the gospel. Grant that we may become worthy to what? To hear and forget. Hear and act. So our goal together is to understand the mind of Christ in relation to sinners. To compare that to our mind in relation to sinners, and not just to hear these words, but to hear and act. We first start with, after these things, he went and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. Now, I'm sure you know how much the tax collectors were disliked. Okay, and Levi, of course, was St. Matthew, but Levi was his Jewish name. And so he was so disliked, personally and as a group, tax collectors. Why? Because simply, they were traitors and they were thieves. Why were they traitors and thieves? Well, because the easiest way to think about it is right now you all live in Australia. We all live in Australia. And then some other foreign country comes and takes over Australia. And, then the, and we're all unhappy. You know, we were free before. And we could do what we want. And we could save up our pocket money and spend it on whatever we want. Put it straight into St. Oneness Charity. We were so happy and free. And then this other foreign country comes in and says, no, you've got to pay taxes. And we're all pretty unhappy about that. And then to make, th- make things worse, they put an ad and say, hey, we're looking for people to be tax collectors. You think, oh, who would want to do that? And then one of your own people puts up their hand and says, I'll do it. I'll collect taxes from my people and give them to the foreign invaders. At that time, the Roman Empire. Ouch. You don't want to be that guy. And then to make matters worse... The Roman Empire hypothetically says, 
we want 10% tax. So what do these guys do? Make it 11. And they give 10% to the Roman Empire and one goes in their pocket. So you can understand why people did not like tax collectors because they were thieves taking more than their right and they were traitors being loyal to the foreign invaders, the Roman Empire over their own people participating in the oppression of their own people. So how would somebody see a sinner like these tax collectors? Horrible. Liars and traitors. How did the Lord see them? He said to him, follow me. He saw the potential. He saw the good. He saw that maybe Matthew and his fellow tax collectors really think that money is the most important thing and they're pursuing that with all of their being. But now I will show them something better and they'll pursue that instead. He saw the good and he saw the potential. This is how the, the Lord looked at this sin. Very similar to how he looked at Saul. Everybody else saw a crazy person, you know, trying to kill every Christian he possibly could. And when he ran out of Christians in his own neighborhood, he went to the next one. But the Lord saw someone zealous. I just need to reveal to him what he should really be zealous for. Then he can direct all of his energy towards that. The Samaritan woman. Everybody else saw a woman who deserved shame and to be shunned. And the Lord saw an evangelist. Somebody who would be so courageous to go, to leave her water pot and go and spread the message of the gospel. So the mind of the world looks at these characters in a certain way, but the mind of Christ looks at them completely differently. And we need not just to hear, but to hear and act. When you see somebody making a mistake, and hey, that person could even be yourself. Know that the Lord looks at them and looks at you and looks at me and sees the good and sees the potential and sees beyond that mistake. That mistake doesn't define us. The next thing we see is that after Levi hears this call, he, he answers immediately. He left all, he rose up and followed him and then gave him a great feast in his own house. And there was a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with him. So there was a huge party. There was a, a tax collector convention at Levi's house, attended by Christ. And the people were disturbed. What are you doing? What are you doing, Jesus, hanging out with these people? And not just hanging out, but eating with them. Which is, it's a really significant act not just in the first century Jerusalem, but in all cultures, eating with somebody, breaking bread. One of the servants was telling me they attended some management convention or something. I don't know. And then there, all of these leaders are sitting in this lecture and learning how they can manage people. And then the person speaking to them said, one of the best things that you can do with your team to try to kind of break the ice 
to try and resolve little issues is to, and, and she used the words break bread, break bread with them. So it was a huge and significant act. And there were lots of rituals around breaking bread. And of course, there were strict rules about who you could break bread with. The Jews and the Gentiles wouldn't eat together. So it was a huge and significant act that they were together eating. The eyes of the world say these sinful people reject them, shun them. The mind of Christ, the eyes of Christ say, I accept. And this is a really powerful truth. Have you ever thought about the fact that despite all of your shortcomings, all of my shortcomings, all of the regrets, all of the mistakes, have you ever thought about the fact that Jesus looks you straight in the eye and says, I accept you? It's, it's really remarkable. He says to you, I accept you. I will share a table with you right here. I accept you. I'll prove it to you. You ready? We thank you on every occasion, in every condition and for all things. For you have covered, assisted, preserved, and... And what? How many times in your life have you said that? Or heard that? Do you ever think about it? And accepted us. So the eyes of Christ, the mind of Christ, look at the sinner and rejects... Sorry. And the world rejects, but Christ accepts. And we need to reflect on that. He accepts me. And I must also accept the shortcomings of the people around me. Don't look at your siblings and say, oh, I don't like how you do things. Don't look at your parents. We must accept. And then we see Jesus' response. So they criticize him. Why is it that you look at these people and rather than seeing the good, you see the potential? Why is it that rather than rejecting these people, you accept them? Why and how? And Jesus explains very simply. Those who are well do not need a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So the way the Lord looks at sin is sickness. He looks at it as sickness and he says, I have come as a good physician. If you're well, you don't need a physician, but I came for this sickness. I came so that by his death, he can trample on death. And that completely changes how we perceive the shortcomings of the people around us. If you look at somebody who's angry and you look at them and say, oh, that's just evil, that's just wrong. It's very hard to swallow. But when you look at that person and say, this is sickness, this is spiritual sickness, and we need not reprimand, but healing, not criticism, but mercy, it takes a completely different flavor. 
when you look at somebody who's drowning in addiction, it's easy to look at that as a series of bad decisions and that person's worthy of criticism. But if we look at it as sickness, then it stirs up compassion and mercy and acceptance. So the eyes of the world look at people who are sinful, people who are drowning in addiction as evil, as beyond hope. But the Lord looks at them as spiritually sick. And he is the good physician, the beloved physician. So I'll just summarize. We need to have the mind of Christ. And we need to not just hear what his mind was like, but to hear and to act. The world looks at people and their shortcomings, but the Lord sees the good and sees the potential. The world looks at sinners and says they must be rejected, but the Lord accepts them and eats with them and offers all of us his body and his blood. The world looks at the sinful as someone who is evil, but the Lord looks at them as someone who is sick. And he offers himself as the good physician to heal us. And glory be to his name forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.